The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member at tntradio.live. You're listening to Digging Deeper with D.D. Denslow on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Uh, welcome back to TNT Radio. Yes, you're here with me for my second hour of Digging Deeper. Uh, I see people in the chat saying, oh, is DD finished? Is he's not on? No, I've got one more hour and I have another freedom fighter sitting in front of me to speak to. Uh, I will be joined by uh, Michelle Effendi in just a few minutes uh, and we will be discussing her story uh, over in the US of A. It's about 8 a.m. in the morning, which actually makes me feel a bit better because I do worry when I have American guests on that I'm not getting them out of bed too early uh, on a Sunday. Uh, she uh, she believed all the COVID stuff she was just telling me. When it first come up, sprung upon us in March 2020, she wore a mask. She actually said she even handed out masks. But when the COVID jab came along, when forced vaccinations and mandates uh, hit the streets of Boston, uh, that is when she woke up and began to speak out and protest. And she is now being persecuted by the American American government for this. Uh, so I will be joined. I will be joined uh, by Michelle in just a few moments. So what's going on with COVID here in the UK? Because COVID is a story that never seems to ever want to go away. It's just dragging on and on and on. There's always another variant, another investigation, another um, a terrible or horror story uh, that comes out. In fact, yesterday, two football uh, games in the UK had to be suspended or stopped because members of the crowd collapsed. Uh, this is a regular occurrence here in the UK where members of the crowd or even the football stars who are playing on the pitch collapse. And we're being told, oh, this always happens. Yeah, this happens all the time. Always, no, no, it's always happened. No, it's never happened. I'm sure it's happening in American sports arenas too. And not only that, that super hyper excited sport of snooker, yeah, they had an incident in one of their games yesterday where a member of the viewing audience watching the latest uh, snooker tournament also collapsed. So uh, that is still ongoing. We're seeing the harms of the vaccine program uh, continue. It is the jab. It's the only thing that's changed. No, it's long COVID. No, it's the jab. Uh, so what's the response of the COVID inquiry? So we've got our government here. Uh, they are uh, carrying out an investigation and an inquiry, beginning with an eye into the uh, government's behavior and response to COVID. The COVID inquiry will not start hearing evidence about the development of vaccines and other drugs this summer as originally planned. Uh, witness hearings will be postponed until a later date, most likely after the general election. So they've investigated, oh, should we have locked down harder? Outcome of the COVID inquiry, we should have locked down harder. Uh, should we have uh, encouraged more mask wearing? The COVID inquiry looked into that, looked into themselves. Uh, yeah, we should have encouraged greater, more widespread masking. Oh, we're going to go and look into the fact. No, don't look into the vaccines. What we'll do is we'll wait until we've got a new government in place and then all the existing politicians who won't be re-elected, most of them aren't even bloody standing, can disappear over the horizon with a golden handshake never to be heard or seen again, well, until the latest war, and then we'll bring them back in an unelected way for them to make decisions for the public, like David Cameron, who was brought back as foreign secretary, making decisions on uh, on going to war against Yemen, 
not elected. But all the people responsible for the uh, the, the, the COVID uh, behavior, the COVID restrictions, the decisions that were made and how we could live our life during that period and the subsequent vaccination program, they're all going to disappear. And if you listen to Johnny, he thinks the general election in the UK is going to be summertime, June, July, he suggested. Uh, all those politicians responsible for grievous harm against the public, they're all going to disappear. And when the Starmer government comes in, in the UK, uh, uh, an opposition who did no opposing, they wanted to lock us down harder. They wanted more masks. They should. They said we should have been forced to have, you know, 10 jabs. They're going to be in power and you can be damn sure that they're not going to investigate uh, the vaccine and nor is the COVID inquiry. Okay, um, Michelle, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, I, I really appreciate you coming on at an early time on a Sunday, all the way from the US of A, uh, Boston, I believe. Uh, could you just introduce yourself to the audience? Just tell them who you are and what you're about, and we'll go to the beginning uh, of your story. Thank you so much, Darren, for allowing me on. Um, thank you so much for letting me on, Darren. That was an excellent introduction. I, I agree with you. 100%. Um, I, I wish that I was understanding as, as you seem to be um, back in 2020. Um, as you had said, I, I believed all the steps. I was trained in emergency management um, as a volunteer. So when COVID happened, I felt activated. I'm a community leader. I was told wear a mask, help other people get these things. They need to stay isolated. So I, I did all the steps. I, I didn't see the slip, slippery slope, but uh, as you had described, when forced vaccination happened later, because this keeps going on and on and on. Like, like you said, it's just been forever now. Yep. So when forced vaccination happened, I that was a red line for me. Just like my shirt, I'm wearing a red for TNT. Thank you so much, TNT Radio. <laughs> we need these spaces. We need these spaces to have these, these this wrong speak. It's considered radical to say that the vaccine is deadly. I mean, if if you have a baby product, I have four children. When you have a product that hurts or harms one baby, it gets pulled off, pulled off the shelf. I know so many people now that are dead or dying. How come this vaccine vaccine has not been pulled off the shelf? It is the question. It's the million dollar question that's on many, many people's lips uh, here in the UK. They're not even really, well, as you just heard, they're not willing to even investigate it. They're not even willing right. to ask the question in our centers of power. What was your life prior to COVID like? Um, I, I, you know, I suggested, oh, we was all sort of swanning around, completely unaware of the right. evil that was about to be thrust upon us. What was your life like uh, prior to COVID? January 2020, uh, you had Trump, so you had some craziness going on in your country. Uh, and how did it quick? How did it change in the USA for you personally? Well, in in the United States, it's it's always been um, in recent history. It's always been a two party system. So um, there is considered Democrats, Republicans, left and right. And uh, I was always told that I'm a Democrat. And uh, so I had always voted for a Democrat. You just vote along your party 
your party line. So that's what I did. But um, at, at a certain point, I became very apathetic and, and sort of stopped voting. Um, I didn't vote for Trump, but I didn't vote for Biden either. And um, I think that he's not a good choice. Also, Biden, that is. So mm -hmm. I, I don't at this time have a problem necessarily with Trump, but I, I don't I do have a problem with Biden. Things are very difficult right now. And um, when I uh, pre 2020, you know, I like I said, I believe the government. I thought that this was I thought that it was a real virus. I thought that it was a real emergency. But as time progressed, I realized that the emergency is not this respiratory virus. It's the government trying to control my body, trying to control my choices, trying to control my access to places. I was arrested at the Massachusetts State House because they wouldn't let me in to petition my government. I was um, barred from hospitals because at a certain point I said, no, I'm not going to cover my mouth. Stop, stop telling me I need to cover my mouth. This is my mouth. Yeah. So COVID hit and you, you said, you said at first you wore a mask, you were a Democrat voter or you leaned in, in, in that direction. Um, uh, what changed then uh, one for you in terms of uh, the narrative that was being pushed in the USA with regards to COVID, with regards to lockdowns, uh, how you should behave, who you should see, how close you should get to people? Because uh, apparently now uh, it, Fauci just made it up, the six-foot rule. That was just made up. They just made that up. Yeah. Did, it, the bubble rule that, that we had here, you, you only allowed six people in your bubble, that was just made up. Um, what what convinced you that, that there was a major problem? What was it in the story that you was being told that made yeah. the alarm bells go off? Well, um, at a certain point, I did leave my house. Um, I'm, a, I'm a homeschooling mom. At the time, I had three children. I'm um, sorry, two. I was pregnant with my third. And I, I decided to, to meet up with other moms. It was spring uh, 2021. And when I was approaching the, um, the event, I saw that other people weren't wearing a mask. And I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not because I had the mask in my hand. And I said, you know what? I'm, I'm over this. And when I went into the backyard and started having conversations with these people, maskless, imagine, yep. and we weren't <laughs> dropping dead, I was like, yeah, I have a problem with this too. So really what changed my mind was was getting around different people. You know, we, we're so isolated. We're, we're just all on our phones and, and I'm guilty of that. And we're, we're all in our own bubbles, whether it's six feet or not. And what changed was communicating with other people and, and, and realizing that we have a lot of commonality and grievances. So that really made the difference. And uh, following that time, as I mentioned, I was pregnant. I was forced to give birth in a mask because I had declined the COVID test. And I thought that I was winning because I said, I'm not taking that swab. And they said, mm -hmm. well, if you don't, then you are, then we need to treat you as someone with COVID because you're not proving that you're not sick. So I, it was, it was awful and humiliating and, and degrading to have to give birth in a mask. And, um, 
again, following that time, the looming vaccine mandates, they were approaching, they were approaching Boston. And that really was the straw that broke the camel's back for me in, in late 2021. Did you think, I mean, I think it's absolutely appalling. Uh, and I'm sorry that you had to go through childbirth uh, under those circumstances. I don't think any, any um, uh, uh, a woman should have to do that. Uh, do you think they made you wear a mask as a punishment? How dare you yes. not wear a test? How dare Please. you not wear a test? We're going to mask you like we would mask a slave, like we would mask, you know, some of the, the terrorists uh, in, in Gitmo because they got put in masks. Do you think right. that that's, that's what they were doing? They told me so. A nurse uh, went after the baby was born. Um, the baby um, coughed, uh, which is, is normal. And um, I pressed the emergency button because the nurses instructed me to press this emergency button if you feel there is a need. So it startled me when the baby coughed. I pressed the button and nobody came. No nurses came. So um, he was fine, but I'm holding him. And I finally open up the door and I see those nurses bumping into one another, trying to put on all of these paper napkins over their bodies. <laughs> and um, because they were they needed to put on this PPE later, the nurse said to me, you know, until you take that test, that baby is uh, in danger because we have to do this. So they're guilting me and they know damn what I'm sorry. They know very well that a paper napkin is not an apron. A paper apron is not saving them from some deadly virus so it again it was a punishment absolutely and then they then they threatened me with dcf the department of children and and family services so yes they did they did punish me and that's for a newly uh, a newly arrived child they didn't try to make the baby wear a mask did they (laughs) no but i have seen my husband is indonesian and so i'm very familiar with indonesian news and i saw plenty of indonesian baby newborn babies wearing masks it's it's terrible it's the the psychological you know the impacts and it it's it's really we really we we really have far we have to backtrack a lot we really Mm -hmm. have far to go and um it i think it's going to take a lot of uh, like I said, conversations among one another. So thank you for creating this space, Darren, to have these hard talks. It's my pleasure. I, and I welcome on, you know, I've tried to welcome on uh, as many freedom fighters and people who have um, been adversely affected uh, by COVID as possible, particularly the vaccine injured who have got a few people I must catch up on. What quickly, before we go to a break, what was your p- opinion of the medical profession prior to your experience in hospital and covid and now uh, would you go back to hospital um if you were injured or sick or i know you're gonna have another baby or, or whatever it might be um would you try to avoid them i i do think that they should be avoided i i did have another baby thank thankfully i had another baby um most four months ago i moved to florida i actually don't live in boston anymore uh, because of the the concerns of the persecution I'm, I'm, i'm still experiencing there um but um i was probably um apprehensive before and now i feel just scared of of the hospital of the hospital settings i tread very lightly so it's hard 
I, I actually think that's an, uh, an attitude that's sort of quite um, uh, 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 common. persistent, common, yeah, uh, here in the UK. The narrative is don't go to the doctor. You don't want to go to the doctor anymore because the doctors are still pushing the jabs or telling right. us to wear masks. Uh, and this is clearly uh, bad medical advice. Right. And the whole medical system has been shown up over the last four years because of COVID. Uh, and that might be a desired outcome. I don't know but here in the uk uh, the nhs something that we were really proud of we was always trying to save the nhs now people don't really have that attitude okay we're going to a quick break now uh, and when we come back uh, i want to hear about the vaccine mandates the protests your arrest and how that has progressed since then so please stay right here with us on tnt radio jeremy now on tnt radio being south african I'm, i know the situation and it's incredible Incredibly dire. Basically, our farmers, mostly white, have been under attack for years and years and years. And when I say attack, I mean that physically, don't I? Yes. Um, since the dawn of democracy in South Africa, since 1994, we had an average of uh, one farm attack every second day. Um, so it averages around uh, 175 to 190 farm attacks every year. And we had a farm murder on average every fifth day um, but over the last few months both of those numbers have picked up murders in other sectors of society are not accompanied by the same levels of brutality and torture as you will find in farm murders jeremy now on today's news talk tnt radio affordable housing we can build that sustainable housing we can build that at MIT Modular, we understand the importance of housing for all and the importance of design, cost, and functionality. Our goal is to meet the needs of our growing population by converting shipping containers to livable units. If you're like-minded and in a position to invest in something meaningful and life-changing, we want to hear from you. We are a team of professional architects, engineers, and financial and tax experts dedicated to offering unique solutions that provide a brighter future. Our Opportunity Zone Fund offers investors both real estate and operating business diversification, five-year tax deferral on capital gains, annual tax benefits, and ultimately tax-free appreciation potential. There are Opportunity Zones all over America. If you're interested in learning more about our services, need affordable housing, or want to participate in creating a new vision for tomorrow, give us a call in the U.S. on 385-985-5702 or read more at MITModular.com. MIT Modular. We can build that. Are we on the air? Am I on the air? You're on the air. On the air 24-7. Your news talk giant. TNT. Uh, welcome back to TNT Radio. I'm here talking to Michelle uh, Effendi uh, with regards to her experience in the USA uh, during COVID. Uh, and she was just telling the, the appalling uh, circumstances uh, that she had to give birth to her third child. And I'm hopeful and, and, and glad to hear that your fourth child 
didn't go through the same experience. Uh, just looking at the live chat now, uh, big shout out to everybody in there uh, from just a bloke who asked questions, Mazzy, Holly Holly, Nige, Heather, uh, and lots of comments coming in about uh, the hospitals in the UK. Uh, Nige says his local hospital here in the UK is on the verge of collapse. Maybe that's one of the outcomes that was desired from COVID. Uh, hospitals kill, according to Wild Heather. Uh, uh, Holly has said she will not go near a hospital or a doctor unless she suffered from a serious injury like a broken bone. And actually, if you was to ask this question on social media or Twitter, that's the sort of response that you would get from the public at large, at least the people who have woken up. Um, Michelle, uh, you started talking to people, God forbid. That's one of the reasons why they wanted us to have the mask on, is to try and stop us, to stop us from communicating with each other. It's one of the reasons why they wanted us isolated in our small bubbles. Uh, they didn't yeah. want us going outside and meeting granny or meeting anybody else in case we talked to each other. You didn't want to do that yeah. much, start a revolution or something. Um, you started going to protests. Uh, the vaccine yeah. mandates came to Boston. Uh, pick the story up from there for me, please. Yeah, I was I was just simply terrified that my husband was going to be forced vaccinated to keep his job. And this was in December 2021 after a time where um, in Boston, I believe a lot of people had thought that things were supposed to go back to normal. So when we thought that we were going to get out of it, all of a sudden they like turned up the volume yeah. and that's what made it so scary because we were like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute and the the media the politicians they just kept trying to create this false sense of reality and that was so terrifying so i um just I, I i said it it's a now or never time i have to do this so i went out and i met other moms i met other fired i met fired healthcare workers i met immigrants who you know know what's going on because they experienced this in their own countries they understood and we banded together because there was a common cause and we started to protest what would be the um forced vaccination because it was uh, going to be implemented a few weeks from that time. And uh, I say that I was protesting in two different ways. I protested with, you know, Dollar Tree. Um, I'm sorry, you, you may not know Dollar Tree in, in the UK, but it's just just a little store that sells, you know, signs. It doesn't take anything. You don't need to have billboards, just a sign that says no. And uh, also I would challenge the vax and mask mandates by trying to resume my everyday life as a homeschooling mother i said you know what i'm gonna go to that library i'm gonna go to that museum i'm gonna go to the zoo and i'm gonna take my kids with me because we deserve to be treated like everybody else and when i would go to those places the um the gatekeepers literally and figuratively were like Whoa! No, no, where's your where's your papers? Where's your proof of vaccine? And that's when the conflict would start. And I would video record it. But because I was attracting attention, then I became opposition to the government. Okay. And how how extreme then was this discrimination in Boston? 
Um, I take it Boston is a, let me get the colors right, a blue city, correct? Yes, yes, it's a okay. democratic city. So how, how extreme was the pressure to, for everybody to accept the vaccine uh, and the discrimination or the restrictions on people who hadn't been vaccinated. Could you walk into your library? Could you walk into the museum? Could you walk into anywhere in Boston during 2021? Well, this, so the vaccine, no, um, no, there were, there were mask mandates at that time and uh, they were, they were being enforced in public places. I was refused entry to city hall by police. A police officer basically pinned me to the wall because I was peacefully trying to go inside with other, other people that were also trying to be maskless. And we were refused the ability to testify at a public hearing. I was um, refused by uh, police to enter, uh, I'm sorry, we were kicked out of the Constitution Museum. So there was an extreme pressure for us to comply. However, a lot of people chose to just sit this one out. They said, I'm not gonna go to Boston. I'm just not gonna give them my money. And to me, that's the wrong idea because avoiding the conflict allows them to recreate their own new city because the people that are going along with it don't think that it's that big of a deal. They need to see Darren go and try to be serviced as Darren, not as Darren the robot. They need to see these people go and say, no, this is my face, it's my choice. And they need. we need to see the conflict. We need to see the people standing up because if you're just complying or if you're just on the couch saying, never mind, then, then, then you're basically silence is compliance and you're letting them win. Uh, and I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, silence is compliance. If you're sat at home right now listening to this going, go on, Michelle, go on, Darren. But actually, you stayed at home and you've kept your mouth shut. And, you know, when you've gone into a shop, when you went into a shop in 2021, you stuck your mask on because you didn't like the security guard coming up to you. Something I had to experience time and time again. So much so that it made me not want to even go to the shop and just stay on the sofa because you don't like being harassed when you're just trying to yeah. go out about your business but you didn't you went out you went to the library you went to the museum you went to the town hall um what sort of conflict came your way yeah because you was not obviously not looking for conflict it came your way just because you weren't wearing a mask or just because you weren't unvaccinated how did that um uh, materialize uh, and on what was the the negative result of that in terms of you've been in trouble with the the, the police or the law uh, and they are yeah. now pursuing you um, I've had the FBI, I, I have, I've seen public records request of this, that the FBI is monitor, you know, monitoring me, um, the, uh, intelligence agencies are monitoring me. I was, uh, arrested at the state house, which is, uh, the capital for Massachusetts because I did not show proof of vaccination warnings were sent to uh places with my picture that they lifted online surveillance pictures of me from online and offline and uh 
also uh, the department of, as I had said before, the department of children and families, uh, people like my neighbors, my neighbors reported me to the, these agencies. And I feel like, yes, it is scary, but if more people stood up, then there would be less opposition, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, I don't want, I, I say this and yes, it's scary, but I don't want that to stop someone from trying because they're afraid of the FBI or they're afraid of, of the Department of Children's and Families. If we all did it, then it, then it would be less likely to happen. And do you think that, yeah, I mean, you said that the, the, the law, law enforcement, the FBI, uh, uh, intelligence agencies, man, you are making a name for yourself, Michelle. Uh, they, they put your name and your picture around in your local area amongst your community. Uh, do you think, again, was that a, like a punishment, but also a, a way of demeaning you and smearing you by putting your face around and saying, look at this anti-masker or anti-vaxxer uh, and did you get some blowback from your local community because of that you mentioned your neighbors grassing you up awful right so those those photos and i apologize if there was a miscommunication those photos were shared internally to through the city government it was it was pictures okay. that i found through um in the united states we have we can make public record request so i um in this time have am trying to defend myself from these criminal charges and I'm trying to find evidence that I was targeted. And I feel that I have, I have certainly compiled that. Um, but nevertheless, yes, I do believe that all of this was a punishment and I was defamed in the media along with these other women and men, mothers, um, black, uh, brown, Asian, uh, white, we were defamed in the media as being white supremacist. We were mm -hmm. defamed in the media as being violent towards the mayor, the, a woman who was trying to force inject us with with some with something. Right? I, let's not even. It doesn't matter what it is. It could have been happy potion. No means no. No means no. And the aggressiveness that she and the government were having on the population, we are the victims. But in the media, they made themselves and her the victim. They spun a tale. My husband is a Muslim man. We were married at a mosque. He's Asian. But they accused me of white supremacy. It's it's fiction. But that defamation continues to live with me two years uh -huh. later. People think yep. that I'm some racist. Yeah, the stigma never goes away. Uh, I, I and Michelle, I'm listening to you. Uh, during the COVID period, I had my local newspaper. They called me COVID denier. They called me the the, the number one racist in Plymouth, uh, and so on. And I understand exactly how that I, I, for me. But I go, oh, man, I just brush it off just names, but other people don't. So when other people see me, they go, ah, oh, there's that COVID denier. Oh, there's that racist guy that the, the local paper uh, talked about and put my face around. So I, I really do sort of understand. Do you think one of the reasons that they did it, just moving away from the COVID story, is because you're a homeschooling mum? Yeah, yeah, not complying, not complying, absolutely. Yeah, they want, they want the kids. They really want the kids on and they want the babies. They want the kids 
they want you, they want your mind, they want their minds to mold them. And, um, you know, they can't have them. <laughs> no, no means no. <laughs> uh, no. Was you, was you, was you homeschooling prior to, to 2020? Fortunately, yes, I was, I was. I, and what's your attitude towards the education system, the indoctrination system, um, uh, what we might call awake? Was you awake to the education system then? No, I wasn't. Or, I really, I just didn't want, I just wanted them at home because I thought that the school system was a bit, there was a lot of toxicity there. I didn't even, I, it wasn't even what they were teaching. I wasn't aware. Um, it was just that it, there's a lot, they're bad customer service, simply put. And I decided to keep them at home. And it wasn't until more recently that I realized, oh my goodness, this is unreal. What, what is being discussed, how children are being um, manipulated. And I am so fortunate that I had not had my kids in that situation already, because I, I know a lot of people who are just wish they could turn back time because um, these children are very impressionable. And they are the future. And I find that incredibly worrying. I see the lips of TikTok videos coming out yes. of the USA. I'm actually a teacher by training myself. Oh. Uh, I'm a chemist. I've got a certificate on the wall. I've got some fancy books behind me if you want to have a look at the title. Uh, but um, uh, I recommend having spent just a few years in the education system uh, that everybody actually takes their kids out of school uh, because they are creating potentially monsters of the future who will be making decisions for us. Uh, back right. to COVID, um, you protested, you are actively non-compliant uh, with the restrictions, with masking, with the vaccine mandates, et cetera, being out in the public without masks. Uh, what happened then then? So you, you come in conflict with the authorities. They are now prosecuting you. I take it you got arrested. Why did you get arrested? And how has that led uh, to the, the legal uh, peril that you're facing at the moment, Michelle? I, I believe so the, the short and the long story is I was arrest the short story is I was arrested because I did not show proof of vaccine that day at the state house. However, um, the long story is I believe that they arrested me to silence me and stop me from taking my children to these public places where I had been challenging these mandates for the past two months prior. So that's that's why I believe that it was done. Um, and and it, it worked because I certainly stopped protesting as much. Mm -hmm. And um, in the meantime, it's been nearly uh, two years. It's almost two years since then that I am trying to fight these charges. I'm not the only one. There's about five or six of us vax protesters um, who were either arrested or faced some sort of unjust civil charge. And um, we have, uh, we're able to uh, demonstrate that this is selective prosecution because in Boston, since George Floyd, I don't know if you're aware of George Floyd being in the Who isn't? UK. <laughs> okay, okay. Who isn't? Right, so, um, no, 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 Michelle, you've got to get it right. It's Saint George, Saint, Saint Saint George Floyd. Floyd. Yeah, he's a saint here as well. Yeah. Uh, anyway, okay. back to your story, back to your story. Okay. <laughs> so um, since George Floyd, uh, there were just 
114 protesters arrested and they've had their charges dismissed immediately dismissed or near immediately dismissed except for us except for us so that's that's just no coincidence and we believe that uh this is because the district attorney who could easily dismiss our charges is prosecuting based on his politics it's the content of our speech it's not what we did we i walked past a man unvaccinated and then I was shackled, thrown to the ground and shackled. One of my other friends merely held a sign on the sidewalk that said freedom of speech is not a crime. And they were arrested. Another man held a <laughs> megaphone. But so did people that were saying free the drag queens or we love abortion. These They also held megaphones. They weren't slammed to the ground arrested. It depends what we said and we're being arrested we're being charged we're being persecuted because of wrong speak because of mm -hmm. what we said because we challenged the vaccine and um until now we're, we're trying to get these charges dismissed i never had asked for interviews i never asked for any fundraising assistance it's been almost two years but now i realize that this is the salem witch trials and i'm not going to get a fair trial in court my my friends are not going to get a fair trial in court and that's why it's necessary to start talking about this publicly very yeah. aggressively because we need people to understand this is not a Michelle Effendi problem. This is a problem that could be a Darren. It's a Darren issue. It's a Johnny issue. It's a Joanne issue because they can pluck you right off the street and they can inject you with whatever they want and they can hold you hostage. Mm -hmm. They are doing that to people. Mm -hmm. very, very quickly, we're about to go to uh, our final break, uh, Michelle. Um, what is it that you have been charged with? What is like the title of the offense? Trespassing, um, disorderly conduct, and I. they have charged me with allegedly assaulting a man. And if anybody could view the video, they would see that not only did I not assault anybody, I was actually assaulted because the police slammed me to the ground so it's opposite land and i'm going to assume uh, that your opinion of the police has probably uh, changed just like your opinion uh, of the medical profession has mm. changed okay we're going to pick up straight off where we left off after this break here on tnt radio i'm cal fire battalion chief isaac sanchez and normally we like to provide you with tips on how to keep yourselves and your family safe during wildfires. But given the historic impacts that the weather has had on our state this year, we would like to provide you with tips on how to keep yourself safe during extreme weather. If you reside in an area susceptible to flooding, please take the necessary steps to prepare to evacuate if advised. Make sure you've identified at least two exit routes out of your neighborhood as one of them may be blocked or flooded. As the weather develops, remember to check in on vulnerable neighbors and family members. They may need additional time to prepare for evacuation. And just like during a wildfire, if you feel unsafe, please evacuate. You don't have to wait for the order to come. Keep an emergency go bag ready in case you need to evacuate. And always remember to plan for the safety of your pets as well. If you must leave, never drive around roadblocks. It can take as little as 12 inches of water to sweep your vehicle away. And always remember the mantra, turn around, don't drown. 
Be aware of first responders working in highly impacted areas, especially on the roads. For additional safety tips and updates on CAL FIRE activities, follow us on social media or visit fire.ca.gov. Hi, I'm Ryan Blaney, a third generation race car driver. And we dedicate a lot of our time to going as fast as possible. But when my grandpa was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, it was a very unexpected bump in the road for us. It's important to notice if older family members are acting differently, experiencing problems with their memory, or having trouble with routine tasks. Early detection of Alzheimer's can give your family time to explore support services, make a plan for the future, and access available treatments. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. D.D. Denslow is digging deeper on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Uh, welcome back to TNT. I'm here with Michelle Effendi for uh, oh, another 15 minutes. And we were just talking about her experience through COVID, um, her, her experience with mandates, and the fact that she refused to comply, which ultimately ended up with her being arrested and charged for what sounds like just like they've like they've just put plucked some uh, crimes out of the air that they might be able yeah. to pin on you. Um, you have since moved from Boston uh, all the way to the red state of Florida. Uh, what's the difference uh, between where you were living, a blue city, to uh, living in Florida, which is Republican? What's the difference there with the COVID stuff? And how do you see uh, the future of this prosecution against you going? Yeah, it's um, so Florida has actually always been a half and half. It can be blue. It can be red. And so uh, I've actually tried to go to two different doctor's offices and uh, was stopped because I didn't have a mask. So there are places here that even up until 2023, 2024 are still uh, saying, no, you need to wear a mask. We won't treat you. It just it's just not something that's being a, a blanket mandate like what was going on still in Boston up until about um, maybe nine months ago. And some of them are bringing it back in in Massachusetts. Um, nevertheless, uh, Florida is supposed to be more free. And uh, I think that while it is on the surface level, this is this is a global problem. You know, you're in you're in the UK, you know, you have viewers from all around the world. And so this is there is really no escaping this this infiltration of, um, you know, tyranny and and wanting to come invade our own bodies and, and and our own autonomy. So while I've been able to get some type of reprieve from the persecution that I was experiencing in Massachusetts, it's still a an everyday issue for me um, to be uh, challenging the government as I have been. In Florida, we do have what's called a Surgeon General, and um, he is speaking out against the Scene, but you know, being on a show called Digging Deeper, you, you really don't want to give these people too much credit because you don't know is mm -hmm. this just a puppet? Is it a plant? Yeah. Is this you know what's really happening here? Is it is it a double agent? Is it controlled opposition? So I don't like to give them too much too much leeway because you know, as someone who's been duped so many times before, I, I feel like okay, whatever, you know, 
please, let's just drop my charges and let me live my life. I, I just <laughs> want to be left alone, but yeah. I, I don't really see that happening anytime soon. So are you getting any sort of, are you getting better support now that you live in Florida in terms of uh, legal help or, or support from any uh, anyone else in an official capacity in Florida to fight this prosecution? No, not at all. I, I have reached out to, um, I tried reaching out to the governor and, you know, he's a bit busy. I don't know if you know much of the American politics, but uh, Governor DeSantis is still running for um, the presidential election. So he's he's a bit preoccupied. And um, as I said, I'm, I'm defamed in in the I had reached out to a few different uh, organizations and either didn't hear back or was said, we don't help racist. Like as of the other day, that's what one organization said to me. And it's it's just ludicrous, absolutely ludicrous that, that somebody would say that to me. It's supposed to be innocent until proven guilty, you know? <laughs> yeah. Once once upon a time, that was the case. That yeah. was the case here in the UK. And I have, uh, do you think that they're maybe they're trying to make an example of you? I had a friend, uh, uh, there's a, a lady here called uh, Diana. She had a coffee shop. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. She had a coffee shop and she sat down during the lockdowns, a disabled person in her coffee shop and she got fined £42,000 for that. And she's probably the only person in the whole of the UK, a business has gone to, to the wall, uh, that actually got fined and actually fully punished. It went all the way through the system for non-compliance or for disobeying COVID restrictions. Everyone else in this country, to my knowledge, got caught wearing a mask or you weren't unvaccinated, all of those prosecutions, all those crimes got squashed. Has that happened in the USA? And do you think you're being made an example of like my friend Deanna? Yeah, it's, I'm, well, I'm so sorry to, for one, I'm so thankful to Deanna. Thank you, Deanna, for holding the line. And I'm sorry that she has experienced this type of persecution. I hope that people around her are supporting her and not telling her, I told you so, or you should have, or blah, blah, blah. Because that's really what the problem is, is people are saying like, just give up and just, you know, follow the line. And no, yeah. we need more people saying, you're doing the right thing. Let me help you. This is how I'm going to help. Um, but yes, I do believe that myself and the other Vax protesters, for example, Sean Nelson, the man that I was arrested with, Catherine Vitali, Shannon Llewellyn, we're people that were named on um, a hit list and an enemy list that the Boston mayor, um, her chief had sent to the Boston police. So yes, we are being um, an example. This is a lawfare. It's like warfare, except they're using the law against us. And I, I am familiar with some other Vax protesters in New York. They challenged um, Vax mandates, they went into Burger King, they went into the Natural Museum of History, they went into these places and they bravely time and time again challenged the Vax mandates. Their charges have been dismissed already. So it does depend on you know where you are, who you are, what's going on. Michelle Wu, the mayor of Boston, is really the Democrats' darling. This Asian woman, very young, she was elected, and we sort of went in and ruined her reputation. 
she has made, you know, we were around wherever she went, blowing into bullhorns, being like, no, 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 no. So we, we're we trying to stand up for ourselves, but at the same time, ruining their investment. Uh-huh. And um, I think that that's why we are being um, hammered so hard with this lawfare. Uh, so for everyone who's listening, um, uh, and when is your, your court case? Is that is it coming up anytime soon? Or? It's it's regularly, Darren. I have an, another one in, in two days, but it's it's not it's constant. It's That's... every month and a half. It's 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 regular. It sounds like a right nightmare, especially if it's just dragging yeah. on it. So it doesn't seem to have a, a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, for people who are listening, uh, how can they find you? How can they uh, uh, publicize uh, your case? And uh, how can they support you in any way? Well, thank you so much, Darren, for asking. Uh, I do have a Give, Send, Go, uh, which is a, a fundraising platform. And they can look for my last name, which is Effendi with one F. And um, that place is been where I'm also keeping updates because, unfortunately, I believe that the government is censoring me on all social media platforms. Um, that's been very evident as I've tried to reach out to the media uh, reporters are saying back to me, I can't even see, I can't even see your tweets. I can't even see your, um, TikTok videos. So having this website, this, uh, fundraising platform has allowed me to, to list certain updates. And, and that's been the easiest spot for now. I'm sure you've probably sent me the details anyway, uh, but as a as a crazy chemist, I'm, I'm not always the best administer of my email system. If you could send me those details again uh, after Thank the show, uh, I'll put them in the live chat. I'll also put them out uh, on my various uh, social media Thank platforms. Thank you, sir. My pleasure. Um, okay, uh, it's a bit where I embarrass you, that I'll tell the audience. Oh. That, uh, okay. Michelle Michelle once voted for Hillary Clinton. Yeah, did you know that? Uh, she yeah. did say that she was a blue and Bernie as well. Yeah. Uh, both proven to be not the 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 people of love, rainbow people that they claim right. to be. Uh, we've got right. this massive elections. It's a massive election year right across the planet. There's elections everywhere. There's one here in the UK, but the big one, obviously, as always, is in the USA. We've got Trump versus someone else. It probably won't be Biden. How are how is it building up in the country at the moment towards this election? Do you think it will even happen? Uh, how is America going to explode? Are we going to see the riots like we did in 2020? The mostly peaceful riots that were burning everything down from city to city. Yeah. What's going to happen from your experience? Hey, and who, if you're going to vote, who are you going to yeah. vote for, Michelle? Is it gonna I be think that. Really, I think that everything is on the bingo placard, right? They they, they really are willing to do whatever it takes. Um, recently, uh, at the mayor of Boston's uh, State of the Union address, 20 pro-Palestinian uh, protesters were arrested. And there's reason to believe that those protesters were paid provocateurs and um, for the government to, to make her seem apathetic for the, uh, I'm a balanced, you know, I'm Israel and I'm Palestine. And so this is, this is really whatever it takes to, to, to make it happen for what they want to happen is possible. So um, 
in regards to me and my friends, the people that I'm around, nobody wants to discuss it. I think it's just so cringy. It feels so awful. Things are so bad. It's such a horrible conversation that times are really not good, but we really do need to do some of the, the digging deeper. We really do need to have these, these tough conversations and say, what do you think? What are we going to do? You know, we need to, we need, we all have kids. It's not just me. I got four kids. I need to protect them from violence, real violence, real, real authority, real crimes. And, um, I, I think that, um, it, it's, it's bad news. It's real bad news. So we do need to know your neighbors and, and have these types of, um, compassionate convos. Do you think that nobody wants to talk about, I don't know, the election or the state of the country or what's coming down the line in 2024? Because most people are going, well, we're going to have to vote. It's a democracy, and uh, we've been told for de almost a decade now that orange man bad, and yeah. everybody, and everybody deep down, because of the choices. And I'm not saying you should vote for Trump, but people are going, my God, I'm I'm blue, but I might have to vote for the orange man because yeah. uh, Biden and his administration has completely destroyed the country. And I'm just going to assume from your perspective over the last few years of the Biden administration, is that what is what happened? Has America come apart at the seams? It's terrible. Things are absolutely terrible here in regards to prices of food. The, 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 it's, it's really, it's really bad. You know, I, I do use a Facebook account and, um, being in a lot of mom groups, these mom Facebook groups, constantly people are, mothers are begging for food. Please, I need resources. Please, I need shelter. Please, I need a place to stay with my kids. Things are in a terrible, terrible state. And uh, so if, if someone had a brain, they would say, wow, my life was better five years ago. My life was better six years ago. So, but as you said, because for the past 10 years, the media has been pushing this idea, you can't choose him, you can't choose him, you can't choose him, then it's really hard to then pull that lever. But, uh, and again, I'm, I'm not saying it's the right choice either, but why? Why are you telling me it's so bad? How come you're saying that I have a choice when I really don't? So it, it's very, it's a very complicated situation. A lot of manipulation. Could it be, uh, and this is me getting really conspiratorial, looking at rabbit holes within rabbit holes, could it be that they put so much hate on Trump that they want you to vote for him? That they want people to go, oh, they're telling us not to do it, so I'm going to do it. Could it be uh, I don't know. I'm not he is sure. The man who Every, everybody, that, that, would be, that would be really... Uh, like it's it's just so it's division on top of a division on top of division really yeah or or they're just trying to make us if that's the case and they just want you to stay at home which a lot of people do they said that Michelle Wu the mayor of Boston won in a landslide the media she won in a landslide she won in a landslide honestly it was one of the it was one of the elections that the least amount of people voted in so the the only landslide was the number of people that didn't vote at all
And I don't, and I, and I believe that not voting is a choice. I'm not going to shame anybody for not voting, but it's, it's really, um, don't call it a landslide. It's not a landslide. She, you know, when only 3000 people vote out of, you know, a hundred thousand, that's not a landslide. Is that how many voted? 3000? No, I don't. Yeah, just... no, but a very insignificant amount, a very insignificant amount, very insignificant. Right. I think that's what we're going to see in the major elections here and across the pond uh, over in the USA. Either everybody's going to turn up and vote or no one's going to turn up and vote. Yeah. Or the elections might not happen. Um, Michelle, I, I really appreciate you coming on Thank at you. 8 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday all the way from uh, Florida. Uh, I hope you found it useful. Uh, please Very send me those useful. details to me. I will share them everywhere I can. Uh, and I wish you all the best of luck Thank you, uh, in your court cases uh, and the persecution that you are uh, under. I think it's absolutely awful. And to everybody uh, who's listening, please stay with us here on TNT Radio.